Ronnie, and you're listening to Without Your Head. And if you don't enjoy this, you're making a big mistake. to the station of decapitation without your head i'm neil jones and i'm joined by tammy stronach the empress of the never-ending story how are you doing i'm doing great how are you i'm good i'm good this is a long time in the making (laughs) (laughs) so uh the never-ending story i always thought it's like the perfect kids movie because it's not really childish, and it uh, promotes imagination, and there's real emotion, and a positive story. Just uh, what are your opinions on the movie overall? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree. I think um, what I like about the film is that um, you can watch it as a kid, but if you end up watching it as an adult with a kid, you're not, you know, waiting for it to be over. I think, I think the really good films for, for kids, I don't know, eighties is in my head. So I'm thinking of ET and stuff like that. Um, those stories, I know that now, even with Pixar films, sometimes I'm trying to like watch a film with my daughter and she doesn't want to watch it and I'll just break and I'll end up watching it without her, which is really (laughs) strange, you know, (laughs) like, well, she'll watch it with me next year. (laughs) Has your uh, daughter seen the movie? No. um, My daughter uh, does not like scary movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was actually really different than her as a kid. I enjoyed horror. I enjoyed like a really um, sort of, uh, you know, big emotional journey. Um, Mm -hmm. But my daughter uh, really gets um, very scared and runs out of the room. So I'm trying to make it be a positive experience for her. Right. (laughs) So I'm holding off a little bit. Well, I think we're going to do it when she's eight. Yeah, because it is a pretty dark movie, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And the, the horse dying is really sad. Yeah. The nothing is scary, you know, more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, well, I grew up watching it, and I watched it again last year when I was really sick in the hospital, and my friend Annabelle came and visited me, and we watched it together. And uh, that scene when the horse dies is still kind of makes you tear up. It's like, wow, this is really uh, hard to take. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there's all kinds of like funny. I saw online some funny like um, 
people talking about how like you know that film that scene totally traumatized them and they're they're you know still in therapy for it i i think they're exaggerating yeah, yeah. but yeah <laughs> so how did you get involved in it um so i was in an acting class in san francisco and the casting director happened to be friends with my teacher mm-hmm. and she was coming by for a lunch uh on a break from casting and saw me in the class and asked me to audition and um and that led to three sort of subsequent auditions um, and, and finally the third audition was in, was in Germany where they made the final decision. Mm-hmm. Had you been to Germany before? No, no. It was a great opportunity to travel and I love traveling. So, uh, that was definitely one of the perks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the experience of, uh, making the movie like? Um, it was, I mean, it was great. Um, I, was a creature of the theater, a creature of storytelling. So it was this incredible opportunity to be inside of that. Uh, but, you know, with a, I don't even know what the budget for the, the film was. It's, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it was, it was amazing. It was sort of like waking up in a dream. And, and I was as interested in the behind the scenes stuff and in the puppets and in the sets and in the makeup. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time, um, watching as much as I could of the crew working. Mm-hmm. So were you around like the other uh, sets and the other things being filmed? Yeah. I mean, um, the film was filmed for over a period of a year and I was only there for uh, the summer. So certainly there was a lot of the film that I didn't see. Um, but for the time that I was there, um, I absolutely uh, walked around and found my way into the tents where other magical landscapes were and um, used the time between, between, you know, when I was busy to, um, to check things out. Mm-hmm. So you show a lot of emotion for a young uh, actor. How, how did you get motivated to, to do the crying scene? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, have you been around kids? They're so <laughs> That's emotional. True. I've been a kid. So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, my daughter, you know, I mean, she can like, you know, she like woke up in tears the other day because she was dreaming that someone took her ginger ale away from her. So, <laughs> well, I do like ginger ale. So you're I can not understand. sure I like ginger ale. <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't see. It's like it was the end of the world, right? It was like everything that I loved was going to be destroyed. I mean, it wasn't that hard. It was like, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Any thoughts on Wolfgang Peterson? Yeah, you know, um, I had a great time working with him. I feel like I uh, really lucked out because you can't give a good performance without a good director. It's just not possible. I mean, you can you can give a good performance, but to really um, to give a, a performance that integrates with the whole story and moves the 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 whole puzzle forward, that's really what you need a, a good director for. And so. I feel really lucky that as kids, we got to work with him. He really didn't treat us like children. Mm-hmm. He treated us like professionals and like, um, you know, people who, who had the intelligence and the ability to um, participate in, in, in the act of storytelling. So I just, I just loved it. I mean, I think that as a kid, it's nice when adults don't dumb things down for you. You kind mm-hmm. of appreciate that. 
Yeah. And that comes through in the movie because, you know, it it gives kids credit that they can handle, like, emotional scenes and mm-hmm. intelligence themes. So that uh, it's all right there. And yeah, I mean, I think kids can handle a lot more than we give them credit for in a way. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty um, – I mean, I remember as a kid really having a real – profound sense of, you know, what the story meant. And I read the book and I read the script and I was really in, in invested. And my, my daughter too, I mean, when we read a story together, her questions and her, you know, uh, ability to kind of think about why the story is happening. And, um, I mean, she says the most amazing things and it kind of reminds me now as an adult to not, not do that thing that adults do. (laughs) So it's good. Yeah. And it was kind of uh, ahead of its time, I think, in anti-bullying. Yes. I totally agree. I feel like that was like one of the major themes of the film. And, um, you know, in addition to being a performer, I'm a a teacher, I'm a Mm -hmm. professor, and I'm a mom. And and bullying is a really... um, subject I feel really strongly about. And I work really hard in my classrooms to um, create an environment that just, you know, doesn't allow for that. And also, um, and also with my daughter, you know, uh, when she's bullied, how we discuss it and what it means. And um, so I'm excited that, that that's one of the major themes. I think it's an important one. And I think, you know, the irony is that even the most popular kid feels a little bit like an outsider because the truth is it's really hard to share our inner selves with the world. And a lot of people, even if they look really uh, sort of in the sort of center camp or whatever, they still feel like an outcast. They still feel like parts of them are hard to uh, hard for them to kind of communicate. And so I think Bastion was a really wonderful character because he kind of captured that that feeling that we all have of being outsiders sometimes. Mm-hmm. We said about even like the most popular kids in yeah. a way, you know, in a way that makes you an outsider to other kids. Cause yes. they're like, you know, Hey, we don't want to be associated with this person cause they think they're a big shot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, half the time people are wearing masks cause they're trying to be something they think they should be. So this whole notion of, of, um, you know, uh, just being okay with with uh, being yourself, even if it's outside of the the box, is I, I think that's one of the reasons why the Neverending Story still resonates. Is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> we probably even have that more as a culture, right? This in, it's this intense desire to kind of um, people are like you know wanting to kind of present these really polished facades of themselves and mm-hmm. and. And obviously, you can't be a, a complete human being without your flaws and and all of those things. Exactly, and I think the uh, the topic of like uh, promoting reading and imagination is uh, just as topical today, if not more. I totally agree. I mean, we have so many problems mm-hmm. in the world right now, and we really need as much imagination and as much goodwill and as much kind of dreaming of how to uh, move ourselves forward in a positive direction as possible. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, questions here on Facebook. Uh, Seth Chatfield wants to know um, why you took a hiatus from acting after the movie. Well, I took a hiatus from celebrity after the movie. Um, 
I was I was still involved in performing a lot. It's true that I did mostly dance, but also as a, a after college, I did a lot of theater in New York live. So um, celebrity was really overwhelming for me as a kid. Uh, we also had um, some sort of stalking going on, which was sort of terrifying for an eleven-year-old. Yeah. Um, and my parents are these just incredibly lovely. Um, archaeologists. My father's Scottish, my mother's Israeli, and the whole Hollywood celebrity world and how to navigate that, like, they were just like, we feel like we landed on planet Mars. Like, we don't know what to tell you, Tammy. (laughs) So, um, so for me, it was really more about um, giving myself the opportunity to grow up um, in a way that was grounded and, um, and my parents really encouraged me to, um, steer my own boat and row things in the direction I wanted to go. And so that really helped me in my career in New York. I was the director of my own dance company. Now I'm the director of my own theater company. And there's something really rewarding about, um, being in control of the projects that you make and having a a voice in how, how you're, um, steering your life. Um, but I really, I, I love acting. I never stopped acting. I, and, and I'm excited to get back to doing more acting now in my forties, um, as my body kind of breaks down, you know, dancing is a short, is a short career. Mm-hmm. Um, before I talk about that, one more question is, um, did this, you didn't said you didn't like the celebrity and you had like stalking experiences. Did that affect how you, uh, saw the never ending story at the time? Definitely. I think that I just sort of like, um, sort of just wanted to like move on and focus on other things, you know? And so, uh, almost to a fault, if I'm super honest with myself, I think there were some, so many people who just had, you know, really lovely, genuine affection for the film. And, and I was sort of always a little bit awkward about it and trying to change the subject and like, wow, I love your tie that you're wearing, you know? (laughs) Um, and so I have to say, it just feels really nice to be in a place where um, I have the I have the distance from it to celebrate it and to understand what an ex- extraordinary thing it was to be a part of something that meant so much to so many people. And it really um, it feels really like exciting to be able to embrace it and uh, and celebrate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So your new uh, company is called Paper Canoe Company? Yeah. And uh, let us know what you guys are doing. Sure. It's a a family entertainment company, and um, we're interested in telling fairy tales with a modern twist. Um, It's a little bit like starting out in the never-ending story, family Mm -hmm. entertainment, something that, you know, people of all ages can enjoy. Um, We started out making two live theater shows in New York, mostly because live performing is my medium. I know the theaters, I have the contacts, it's the the thing that I have the most kind of experience with. Um, But we also um, started venturing into digital content and we uh, just released a new album called Beanstalk Jack which is a folk rock opera based on the story of Jack and the Beanstalk with a girl meets boy twist. And that's um, downloadable. We're making some music videos for that, which is really fun because it brings my choreography background together with the work I'm doing today. And, um, and so I kind of, Paper Canoe is really a, a chance for me to bring all the things that I'm passionate together under one umbrella 
Um, so being a mom, um, making art, telling stories, using different mediums, and, um, and being my own boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those things kind of together. Mm-hmm. So uh, where, will be, where will people be able to see this? Well, we're booking shows now. We did a couple of, of shows uh, recently in Brooklyn, and um, and we're going to be booking more shows. We're developing it into um, not just a concert, but into a play concert, so we'll be adding set pieces and some costumes to it. But it's available for download right now. If you wanted oh, to cool. hear it, you can go to Bandcamp and just put in Beanstalk Jack or my name, Tammy Stronach, and it'll pop up. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have the videos um, that we're making available on our papercanoecompany.com website. Um, and that's sort of where we'll be announcing all the various upcoming theater and acting-related projects. Hmm. That's very cool. And we're going to play some of the music today um, from uh, from the Jack and the Beanstalk story. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it about Jack and the Beanstalk in particular made you want to uh, do that one first? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think it comes back to that bullying topic that you mm-hmm. brought up at the beginning. You know, um, Jack and the Beanstalk, there's this giant that kind of um, is a really big bully. And I feel like um, there's something about the little guy winning, you know, the underdog somehow succeeding against the odds, which I feel like a lot of people relate to that story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like the idea that that Jack was a dreamer and he was willing to take risks that nobody else could take. I mean, almost foolish, right? Like, why would you trade your cow for some beans? (laughs) And um, in a way, a lot of folk tales and fairy tales are these cautionary tales that um, kind of try to scare kids into just being good. (laughs) And I feel like Jack and the Beanstalk is a little different. It it sort of um, rewards the zaniness and nuttiness of just having the having just being a dreamer and and going for something kind of nuts mm-hmm. um and i think i relate to that i think that just being an artist in this world is a little bit like that so i did have a, an issue with um him stealing all the giant stuff and then killing him <laughs> right i have a six-year-old and i'm like she's always asking me she's like so what's the moral of this mom you know mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, how am I going to get this by my, my kid? Um, so we, we gave it a twist. We updated it for modern audiences. And in, in our version, uh, we gave the giant a daughter named Harmony, who um, I kind of imagine her as a cross between like Blondie, Cindy Lauper, and Madonna. You know, she lives up in this castle in the sky, and there's all this riches that the giant has looted from the land, and uh, this poor boy with a guitar on his back shows up at her door and she's been all by herself, totally isolated in a gilded cage. And they, uh, they fall in love and, um, he steals her heart. So he doesn't, he doesn't steal the giant stuff. He steals her heart <laughs> and they run off together and start a band. And that's always the best revenge against any bully is to, uh, be happy to make yeah. a corner of the world full of music and love. And that's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Yeah. A lot of the old fairy tales are really dark. I mentioned never, en- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned never ending story being a little dark, but these are way darker. 
And it's interesting, you know, like when is darkness appropriate and useful and when is it just like uh. a, a technique to terrify children so they'll never stray from the path, you know? Uh. I mean, I think it, it's all in the application and the how, right? But it's, it's interesting, like what, what, how, how to make those old folk tales relevant and meaningful to us is, is a fun project to explore. Mm-hmm. And uh, who makes the puppets? Oh my gosh, we have an amazing puppeteer. Her name is uh, Lake Simons. And uh, one of the great fun things about um, this company is that I have a network of artists that I've been working with uh, over the years for my dance theater work and, and, and for the theater projects that I've been making. And so all of us were really used to making work for adult shows. Mm-hmm. And um, this process of making family theater has been really nice in that we're bringing together um, artists like Lake Simons, the puppeteer, the set designer, Debo, these people who make these incredibly aesthetically sophisticated, um, in my opinion, just beautiful things and applying them to uh, shows for families. So to me, it's akin to just nourishing the soul. You want to give your kids good food. You want to expose your kids to good music. You want to give them beautiful images to see. And, you know, they deserve, they deserve to, um, to kind of be respected and, and have their aesthetic intelligence, you know, um, not underestimated. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I also want to ask real quick is about uh, I read on your IMDb page that you uh, your family fled Persia, Iran during the revolution. Yeah. Were you um, how old were you when that happened? And do you have any memories of that? I do. Uh, You know, memories when you're six are um, fuzzy. Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel like, you know, family stories kind of blend with genuine memory. And I don't really know. <laughs> I think the, the whole nature of memory is sort of so uh, elusive. But I, I do have some memories. And um, we, we lived in the British Institute in Iran. My parents were archaeologists. And uh, it was a really wonderful time to be there. It was a very dynamic place. And the Institute was very cosmopolitan. There were people from all over the world who stayed with us. So it was um, a really exciting place to grow up. And we spent a lot of times on dig sites, um, sort of in the hills with goats and relics. (laughs) Um, And, um, but yes, the revolution happened in 79. And uh, we had to, uh, we had to flee, you know, with a suitcase, essentially. And then uh, we bounced around. First, we were in Israel, and then we were in England. Um, and it wasn't until my father landed a job at um, UC Berkeley that we really found uh, what we considered home again, and sort of a, a place where everyone kind of fit in, and and um, and we could set down some roots. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. So you've lived a very interesting life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, Real quick, what were your favorite horror movies? You mentioned liking horror movies as a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I liked, you know, Carrie. I, mm-hmm. I, I love Sissy Spacek in that. I thought she was kind of amazing. I like Poltergeist. I mean, didn't every kid like Poltergeist yeah. at that time? It was awesome. I, yeah. um, I, I really like all the Alien films. I think mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver is unbelievable and such an interesting character for a woman to play. Um, I love Stranger Things now. I can't wait for the season to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I like some European horror films too. Do you know Let the Right One In? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's my I, probably, probably my favorite vampire movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I'm super into vampires. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the the book is really good too. The book's even uh, darker. The movie's oh. pretty dark too, anyway. But yeah. Uh, and those great. kids, talk about kid actors that deliver mm. incredible performances. Definitely. And yeah. the, uh, I like the American remake, but it's basically just the same movie again. Uh, you know, I'm actually, I haven't even seen the American remake. I've only seen the Swedish one, which mm-hmm. was just the image versus, whoa, I, something about Swedish film is really fascinating. The way they, the, the landscapes are so cold and lonely. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely sets up the whole feel of the movie. Mm-hmm. It definitely has uh, a cold vibe throughout the whole movie, and everything seems kind of doomed. Yeah, uh, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, and I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very, it's it's not a feel good movie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, there's some bullying in that too. Yeah, there is. You're yeah. right. It's a lot of similar themes. Exactly. So uh, it's been great talking to you. You too. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to connect. And I want to say thank you to all the people out there who still have um, affection and interest in the never-ending story. I'm really grateful, and and uh, good luck to everyone. Thanks. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Not just because you're here, but I really uh, it sounds fun to me. Sounds good. Okay, take care, Vineal. Thanks. Bye.
Welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome to Without Your Head Horror Radio. Let's try this all over. Dude, it's a new era here. <laughs> welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. Mm. <laughs> I believe that would make you terrible, Troy. Oh, I, I thought Seth was going next. Oh, oh. oh I was just waiting. All right, well, that's third time's a charm. Okay. All right. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's try this one more time. Now, who's going right, to go second? Seth, you're second. All, all right. right. What, is, what even is my name? Just <laughs> Seth. Like, Scary the, Seth. Spooky Seth. Oh the semen demon Seth Ice. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Screaming yeah. for vengeance, Seth Ice. Oh, man. How's that one? Uh, well, we'll give you a second. Yeah. Troy, you go second. We'll, All right. We'll, All right. we'll give Seth an extra minute to think of his okay. name. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. And this is Seth. <laughs> we'll oh, come up with something. Uh, we'll come up with something. All right. This All is right. Seth, and he's screaming for vengeance. <laughs> Close enough. All right, good. I dig it. I like it. I like it. All right, so uh, I want to uh, thank the guest here this evening, Tammy Stronach from The Never Ending Story. It was uh, really cool to talk to her. I'm a huge fan of The Never Ending Story. I think it's like a perfect kids' film because it's got a positive message, um, but it's not dumbed down. It's like it's a dark story. It promotes uh, intelligence. It promotes like reading and learning and uh, and uh, imagination. So it's got all this stuff going for it, and I think that's why it still holds up. You know, they don't expect kids to be dumb when they're watching. <laughs> don't be dumb, kids. <laughs> yeah. That's the message of this. And it's a little sad that freaking horse dies. Stuck that scarred me for life. She <laughs> can't watch that movie because of that. Yeah, we should do a list sometime of, like, the saddest kids' movies. Oh, yeah. Because that would be their, uh, what's that, the My Girl movie? Oh, God, yeah. My Girl, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. I'm trying to think oh, of one. Oh. And then The Bridge of uh, Tiberthia. Terabithia, Terabithia, that's the worst story ever. Oh, my God. So, yeah, My Girl is the little kid, he just gets stunned to death by bees. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, and then the Is bridge... anything good from it come from it? Because the bridge to Terabithia, you figure, okay, the girl dies, but maybe she's alive, you know, in the the weird little world, or maybe something good comes of it. No, nothing good comes from it. She's yeah, not just dead. It's just horrible. Okay. Yeah, not and not only is she just dead, but the reason she died is because she went to the bridge alone because the kid had the hots for the teacher. And he's like, I'm going to go alone for a night out for a day out with this teacher instead of going to the bridge with my buddy. And so she goes to the bridge alone and falls off and drowns. So he's got to live with the guilt of his best friend and his, his probably is like future, uh, you know, uh, first love, maybe the love of his life dying because of him. Yeah, just awful, terrible, terrible stuff. 
This is oh my god! I couldn't imagine if I read that as a kid, I, I might have just went and jumped off the bridge. I think I would have. Yeah, get this. <laughs> have you ever seen that one, Seth? A long time ago. Uh huh. Yeah, then they—it's a requ- required reading thing in like uh, I think fifth grade or fourth grade, and I was like, "Man, why are you doing this to the poor kids?" <laughs> yeah, that's sad times. And then you can put in a ton of like Disney stuff, like Bambi, Bambi, and uh, Dumbo, all kinds of bad times. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. It's sad news. Huh. Um, something's wrong with Skype here. Usually, if someone calls in, you can add them to the uh, the conference. But on the new one, it says answering this call will put them on hold. Put everyone on hold. That kind of blows. Yeah. I'm not sure how we're going to take calls. Skype has been, yeah, Skype has been fucky here lately. Yeah, it's a new one. It's like in the cloud. All this bullshit. Living but, in the cloud, buddy. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks to uh, to her and uh, thanks to the musician. The music of, of the month here is Iona. A little hard to pronounce. There's like there's every vowel, there's every con- yeah every vowel <laughs> in the alphabet is in their name. But no, so seriously, <laughs> good music and uh, great music from the Boston area. And Annabelle had found them uh, on her travels. She saw them in uh, live and in person. So uh, thanks for them being on the show. That's All right, pretty cool. Yeah. So now let's talk some horror. What's going on, everybody? What's been tickling your fancy? Nothing much. <laughs> I just saw I saw that there's a new saw coming out. This Halloween uh, saw it's like seven years since set part seven. And it's a it's a continuing story from the last seven. And it still stars the guy who died in like number three. Outstanding. This guy's this guy's been dead in more in more movies than he's been alive. Yeah, for real. That makes sense. I will say the ones that didn't have him were. I think we lost Seth. Oh. No. Oh. I, I, I was silent for a second. Mm. They were worse or better without him. They were lacking without him. Like they had him in flashbacks and stuff, but it's not the same. Yeah, I think the very first one after he died is fine. Like, it's kind of neat that he would set up a bunch of stuff to uh, to carry on in his in his name after he's dead. I can buy that. I think it's a neat storyline. But yeah. as, as you go on, it's like, well, how much stuff could this guy possibly have set up? Yeah, it's so like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so like convoluted in the timeline and everything. Like it's, it makes it hard to watch a lot of it. Yeah, and you have to really be like, if you watch those movies, if you don't watch them like in order, like like right then. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, I'd watch like you know they'd come out on DVD or whatever, and Netflix, and I'd watch like five or six, and it's not like I I know these all by heart. It's been a while, and they're like. There'd be like a flashback to part two 
you know that yeah. that like that is like a tie into like this my new detail in part three and, and it's like why well, I don't know Jesus I don't have to I don't want it to take like a college course just to to like follow this movie better take notes yeah. man yeah yeah, yeah cool. like go on I I had like the week where. I sat down with the guy that I was with at the time, and we watched all the Saw movies, like, every day, and we had to keep a flow chart of what was going on, because even, like, the next day, we'd be like, okay, wait, what What just happened? Like, it's it's bad. That's too like, much of a commitment. Yeah, there's things set up in, like, part three that don't come back until part six, and I'm like, why? Yeah, and it's like, part, some of that's cool. That like you know they 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 uh, play back to previous episodes you know movies and stuff, but it's stuff that like you should be able to watch a movie without knowing all that. It should be like a bonus. Like if yeah. you've seen the previous ones, oh that's kind of cool to nod to part three or whatever. But yeah. you know to watch it and to have no idea at all, it's just like what in the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah when I watched South Four. Yeah, the, Saw 4 was the first one that I saw, and that was a mistake. Oh, so you watched number four, like, like I think if you'd watch, like, Friday the 13th Part 3 or 4, um, I think you could just enjoy it, you know, as, as yeah. a movie. You just you, understand, oh, okay, there have been other murders, and that's all you have to know. Right. Yeah. But with Saw, like, you, no, you can't, like... Someone asked me, oh, do you recommend, like, Saw 5? And I was like, not without seeing the others. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's, you just know what the hell's going on. I don't know. It's, so, not, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I part of me just wants to see it just to see how, like, how you actually connect them. But it seems very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, only if the payoff is worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna do something I, I normally don't do. I'm calling someone here on the show because they keep calling in, but for whatever reason we can't can, we can't uh, take them. So I'm gonna, gonna call them live here on the show. All you right. might hear the the phone ringing. <laughs> oh, but whatever. Uh, hey, what's up, Neil? Hey, who is this? This is Dave from Spawn Atomic. Oh, awesome! I don't know why, but uh, we're not. It's not letting us uh, add your add you to the 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 show. When you're calling. Uh, no worries. Uh, I just wanted to call real quick because I saw uh, the post. Uh, uh, this last like uh, week and a half of like uh, wrestling, there's been some like attitude era type stuff, like almost like gory. Like you wanted a horror question. I'm curious about Randy Orton. You know, like burning well, down is, the building. With- well, yeah, for horror fans out there, this is a this is a horror uh, angle on the wrestling. It's yeah, uh, a like, good one. It's extremely yeah, dude, like some good stuff, like like under old Undertaker stuff, you know, really good. Like like you know, the guy's burning down a building with like a uh, eight year old girl in it, like covered in worms, and Bray Bray Wyatt's flipping out. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm actually not a big fan of it, to be honest. I, I don't know. Like, I uh, I thought it'd be better if, if it. So okay, for people who don't know what's going on, uh, Randy Orton is a wrestler. I won't go to everyone's uh, backstory, but. Uh, Bray Wyatt's characters, he's, he has the Wyatt family. So he's kind of like a cult leader and he brought, uh, he had guys with them 
and then he had a feud with with uh, Randy Orton, and Randy Orton eventually joined the cult. So he's this new member of the cult. So then Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble, which in in uh, WWE, if you win the Rumble, then you get to main event WrestleMania. And so he said he wasn't going to do that because he was subservient to Bray Wyatt. So then they had like a they had a battle royal for a new number one contender. That number that guy, but then it comes out all along that Randy Orton was just you was just pretending to be in the cult so he could get the keys to this shed out in the woods. So then he Which could is dig literally up, the shack. Yeah, it's just a shack out in the woods. Then he he dug up the the corpse of of Sister Abigail Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail. And it was like meaty and wormy still after all these years. It's still like worms crawling it. And then he just lit the whole, he lit the whole place on fire. It was very weird. I don't know. I, I can't say I was a big fan. It was, it was different, <laughs> but it was, uh, you liked it, Dave? You were a fan of it? Uh, yeah, just for the fact that, uh, we all knew that Randy Orton was going to turn on him at some point, but the fact that they, they brought up like the, 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 um, you know, like the basically the meat and potatoes of the story is like this dead girl that's under this house and they're burning it down. I'm like, that's not very PG era. That's not that's not the happy go lucky John Cena era. Like yeah. this, this is this is this is pretty gory. Yeah, and it's hinted that like Bray Wyatt killed his own sister, and buried her there. See, I was going to ask you that because I'm not, I, you know, I don't tune in every week, but yeah, I I saw this part, but I didn't know exactly why there was a rocking chair that kept rocking if her ghost was haunting the place. Yeah, that that was never explained really, but that that they've broken that chair many times, but it just keeps coming back. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the, the chair keeps reincarnating itself. Yeah, and so they he burned down the shed. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 wacky. It's uh, it's something. It wore different. out poor Orton burning up that yeah, shit too. He was all huffing and puffing. Like, <laughs> man, you know, you're a young dude in like fantastic shape. Like, mm-hmm. dumping a can of gasoline on a place shouldn't wear you out quite that much. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> well, hey Neil, just one more quick question before I go. Uh, sure. Who, who do you think's gonna? Who do you think's taking it at, at Mania between the two? Um, I think Randy Orton will win. All right, but bro. I, I, I want, I want, I, I want Bray, but I think Randy Orton will win. Yeah. All right, guys, you guys, you guys have a good night. Okay, take care. Thanks, man. Take care. Very cool. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Bray. When Bray, for a little trivia out there, when Bray Wyatt debuted, people all said he looked like me because he wore. Uh, he would wear like uh, a Hawaiian shirt with like a black undershirt and a fedora. And he had a, when I had a bigger beard, a similar beard, but uh, his oh, is much definitely. bigger now and mine's much shorter. Yeah, he yeah. definitely was trying to steal your look though. Definitely. Uh, Ebony brings up here, uh, get out. That's like uh, the movie everyone's talking about. I've heard good things yeah. about it. Yeah. I've heard anything bad about it. No, I haven't either. That's very unusual. Usually, if there's a big movie, you hear you hear some bad stuff, or you hear people that want to be cool and hate it because it because it's popular. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing either of those. Yeah, I saw one bad review, and I, I had to like search for it. So that should tell you something. Yeah. So what what did they say was bad about it? 
I probably I would remember it's been a couple like days. And if it's the only person, like it, it was well. like it was a Rotten Tomatoes thing, so it was just like a quote from it. But I didn't want to read the full review. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it's pretty cool that there's uh, so much to talk about. Plus, it's uh, they say it's topical, and uh, you know it has uh, a lot of political meaning, which I think I is, uh, it. is good for uh, in a genre film. What was up? Yeah, I heard it was f- kind of funny too. Yeah, yeah, they said I it's a uh, comical, has a big twist at the end. So I'm looking for. I actually think uh, we have a review on the on the uh, Facebook page. By the way, you go to facebook.com/slash/group/slash/without-your-head-horror, and let's see. I believe there's a review by Mr. Jason Minton, who's a good man. He sent me a greasy hat, and but by, by that I mean. From the greasy strangler, it's not like he didn't dip the hat in like oh, okay. a bunch of oil in it too. <laughs> that that yeah. would be pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the bad review says Get Out is an uh, well, <laughs> I'm butchering this attenuated. Oh, why couldn't I say that? Attenuated comedy sketch in which serious concerns are debased. Mm. Debased. So <laughs> that doesn't sound that bad to me. Nah, it's probably someone just doesn't get the movie. I could be. Let's, yeah. Let's see. This is uh, Jason's review. Um, I th- by the way, you can go and join that group uh, I mentioned without your head, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash without your head horror. And you can post stuff all week. And you can also chat along with the show when we're live, like right <laughs> now. Exactly. Uh, Jason says, I thought the trailer leading into Get Out was intriguing, but also had very high potential to fail. I was pleasantly surprised. Get Out grabbed my attention from the start and didn't release it until the credits rolled. Offbeat, it kept me guessing and had every had, uh, and had several edge-of-your-seat moments. Although the outcome of the film wasn't very far off, or you might guess it would go, it also wasn't exactly what I predicted. It was a good combination of suspense, horror mixed with uh, comedic relief, which isn't easy to do, which I agree with because yeah. it's hard yeah. to, you know. And when, when they work, they're great. Uh, but when they fail, they usually fail pretty bad. Uh, the movie stayed serious while at the same time being able to provide over-the-top comedy. The acting throughout was excellent. While I wouldn't disagree with anyone that the brother Jeremy and the best friend Rod's characters are a bit over-the-top, I felt they both needed to be for roles to work out and get that comedy horror mix just right. Steven Rude in particular captured my attention in a small role in the film. I would recommend it to anyone who's interested to watch Get Out. I give it 7 out of 10. I don't think they could have done any better with the concept of this film beyond producing something far more serious such as To Kill a Mockingbird. It's very good. Yeah, that sounds think, excellent. Yeah, I think he's a harsh critic because it seemed like he really liked it and he gave it 7 out of 10. I think it seemed more like an 8 out of 10 review. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I still can't tell what the movie's really about, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I... Go on, Troy. No, no, I agree. I, I think uh, it's kind of cool because when you see the ads for it, the different trailers, it looks like it could be like two or three completely different movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always it's always best to go into a movie when possible. Sometimes it's impossible to do this, but to go into a movie not knowing exactly what's go, what it's about. 
I think you. That's uh, my favorite. You be, yeah, you can be more surprised, and you just like I really didn't know anything about uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I still don't. Yeah, and so I went into it not knowing anything really what it's about, and then it just had me so interested the whole movie, and uh, especially. Uh, I think the payoff is is good. Don't get me wrong, but I think the best part of the movie is like the build. And you yeah. people might say like not a lot happens, maybe because like there's not like wild wild killing in it, but it really just it builds up this like sense of dread and tension, and it does a great job. Yeah, I mean there are even like simple movies that I didn't really know much about, like that movie Hush. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. And so it like started off, it was this, you know, normal woman like just cooking in her house in the middle of the woods. And I had like read like a brief description that was like a writer like has her home broken into, basically. And then I start watching it and she goes outside to talk to the neighbor girl and all of a sudden she starts doing sign language. I was like, Oh <laughs> like it was really surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it hard. It, you know, uh trailers are like a double edged sword because it's like one part you like you uh uh you know it makes you interested obviously but then it can give too much away and then you know you know yeah. a lot of what's going on yeah uh ebony says that it, it it talks about the dangers of interracial dating <laughs> so uh perhaps ebony will be part of a of her own get out of her own whatever get out's about <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, one of the seven things that it could be about <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, my town's kind of like, like what's this? I think there's more pe- black people in the trailer for the movie than there are in all of what's the town I live in. <laughs> yeah, probably me too. All right, let's. Uh, did you guys watch the trailer for Alien Covenant? Yes. And like, I think it's cool in a way, but it just seems like just like Alien, <laughs> like they just remade Alien. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, seems it just seems like me. Yeah, it seems kind of blah. Like it doesn't look bad by any means, but <laughs> does it really seem anything new? It seems like they remade Alien and put some stuff in to connect it to uh, to uh, that last one that came out that they said wasn't an Alien movie, but now clearly is an Alien movie. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I have no interest in this movie. Yeah, I don't really either. <laughs> I think yeah. the last one just left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I couldn't stand it, honestly. But the, the one thing I want to see is uh, the comedian is in it. I don't, I, I don't know how he'll oh. be as a serious actor. Yeah. Um, oh, ding, ding, ding. He's uh, bound and down. Yeah, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yeah. Because I, I love that guy. I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I don't know. Like I just see him and I laugh. So I don't know if I could if I can really take him seriously and like even the even the scene in the movie where the like the alien jumps on top of like the spaceship he's in and he makes some goofy face and I start to laugh. Yeah, (laughs) I notice they all don't have helmets on. Good going, Seth. He's the one who's doing the new Halloween, right? Yes, you know that's different because you're not you're not going to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I heard an interview with him on WTF with Mark Maron, and, and he originally wanted to make like horror movies and science fiction, and like he didn't he didn't get into Hollywood to be an actor or do or to do comedy. He just kind of fell into it. 
And uh, so I, I, that made me like uh, give me some hope that like, oh, well, I'm, you know, interested in this. Yeah. And this was like a year or two before oh, uh, it came out that he's doing it. So. I think he's very talented. So we'll see how he does with with. I'm more excited to see him in Halloween than I am in the Alien movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I think that a lot one... of his charm as an actor is that he's he can't act really. <laughs> like him, it's funny. So yeah, it's kind of a dope in most things. Yeah, yeah, but maybe he's just such a good actor that he's 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 acting like a bad actor. I don't know. <laughs> You might be giving him a little too much credit on that one. <laughs> what was that last one called? Prometheus. People people went yeah. crazy over it. I really can't think of much I liked about the movie. I can't really think of anything I liked about that movie. You know those YouTube things like uh, everything wrong with whatever movie in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever? Oh, yeah. Cinema sense. Yeah. And some of those I watch, and it's like a little annoying to me because, like, I like the movie. Even if I don't like the movie, like, they'll just pick some stuff that's kind of silly, you know? Yeah, what I'm yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, I thought it would be like pointing out like cliches or whatever, it, which it does. But it's like, yeah, it's very nitpicky. Yeah, I think and that's so, what makes it funny. Yeah, to to a degree, and then sometimes like it's just a little annoying. It depends. It, it works on some, and some I just like they're just trying to find anything that they could get support. But anyone, just real quick, when I watched a Prometheus one, I was like, yep, this one's right. They're right on the money. <laughs> this one. I always think it's funny when they do like a really, really bad movie. And there's like so many, it cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Well, for the Troll 2, they went the opposite. And they like gave it like a, like a million rating, like positive. As well they should. <laughs> Otherwise, like the, it would probably be longer than the movie. Just picking... <laughs> They would just show the whole movie and say this, 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 this. <laughs> <laughs> they have to like slow it down to show you everything wrong in it. It's like a four-hour version of the movie. <laughs> Which would be great. Who doesn't want to watch four hours of Troll 2? Absolutely. I'm waiting for Maybe. the director's cut. <laughs> uh-huh. You know when people say so bad it's good, I was to me like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because there's a lot of stuff that's just bad, then it's just bad. But that movie really is like so awful that it does make me laugh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. that's mm-hmm. I think that's the exact definition. That's, yeah. that's just the definition. Oops. Whatever. <laughs> Are you enough. from like Alabama or something? Fuck no. Oh. Fuck Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alabama. <laughs> Seriously, have you ever been to Alabama? It's fucking boring. <laughs> No, I haven't. But they've good. What what's good in Alabama? I mean, Gulf Shores. Do they barbecue way down there? What? No, you got Cedar Bluff. Have you ever heard of Cedar Bluff? Oh, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me, dying here. So, Alien Covenant. We doesn't seem like we're hepped up on this one. No, nah. uh, no. I mean, I had forgotten about it until you said something about it. I saw a uh, trailer for uh, the Transfiguration, and I thought this one looked really interesting. It's kind of a new take on a vampire film. It's about. I've like, been wanting this, someone to do that. Yeah, it's like this young kid, and he starts off eating, or, like killing and uh, 
drinking the blood of animals, and then it's you know he's eventually now being tempted to 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 go after humans. It looked very good. Hmm. And just I from the tra- give it a shot. Yeah, and from the trailer, it kind of reminded me of um, what's the old Romero vampire movie? Oh, Martin. Uh, Mark. Because I don't know if he really is a vampire, or if he's just you know a uh, a messed up kid who thinks he is and's killing you know animals and now wants to kill people. That's one of the coolest things about that movie. I ju- I love all that entire movie. I think Martin's a great one. Yeah, that was one when I was a kid. Um, when they would show kills uh, from Martin, <laughs> be careful. So. <laughs> But they would show stills from Martin and uh, and uh, Salem's Lot. They would always be so scary in the old monster magazines. Oh yeah, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Ebony brings up best worst movie. Yeah, that's a great. It's great. It's a documentary about Troll Two. <laughs> oh okay. And like you kind of you like are happy for the people because uh, they come. The movie like makes like a comeback, you know, and then they find these guys and they go to a convention and the convention does, you know, they, they do, you know, huge business because it's the first time they were doing it. So then like, uh, the guy who played like the dad, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to give up my dentistry and he's now he's a dentist. I'm going to give up my practice and I'm just going to, you know, become an actor now and I'm going to go and do all these conventions. I'm going to make a fortune and I'm going to travel the world and talk about troll too. And then, like after that, all all the conventions are just sitting there with like n- no one getting any <laughs> autographs. So then, then it's like depressing. But <laughs> I think he kind of deluded himself a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I understand. Like the ver- like the first ever Troll Two uh, reunion. That's kind of cool, and people go to it. Yeah. But then after that, it's not like you know seeing Sid Haig again. Like, hey, I'll go. To, you know, Sid Haig's cool, but. I yeah. troll two guys saw one, so that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what else did you do? Oh, okay. Nice yeah. talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the troll two guys. Absolutely not. Little funny story when we had them on. Uh, we we reference this, but never mention them by name. Uh, we always tell the guests beforehand that like you're allowed to swear on the show and uh, try to get a liner and you know just little things. How much time you have and stuff. And so Annabelle and I were like, we told them like, you know, you can say anything you want on the show. You can swear. And they just went like, <gasps> swear. And I was like, well, you don't have to. I mean, <laughs> like, they just seemed so horrified that like you were allowed to swear on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's like public radio or like live radio. Well, fuck. I don't know how to fucking yeah. <laughs> specify. We should yeah, make it were. a rule that you have to now. Yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Whoever we you must have swear. on, you must swear we're gonna yeah. take out. Yeah, I don't. I don't normally work blue though. I'm usually. I'm very. Uh, I'm very PC and PG. PC and PG. I dig that. Uh-huh. You need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> this is PG and PC. <laughs> Neat. Neat O'Neill. It's gonna be yep. a new name. I like that. Instead of nasty, it's gonna be Neat O'Neill. <laughs> Do you think that describes me, PC and PG? No. Hmm. We'll put a. We'll we'll take it to a vote. All right. See if it's time for you to change up, change your evil ways. (laughs) Exactly. 
We, when we were talking about Saw earlier, because it's been seven years since the last one. The last one was just called the final one, I believe. But <laughs> I guess like no longer final. Is there any uh, is there any franchises out there that hasn't had a sequel in like you know in years or decade that you like would like to see just come back? Not like a re not a remake, but just now they've already now that we have a new sequel to this movie. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I thought Scream, but I'm like, uh eh. Yeah, plus either, you know the guy made it's no longer with yeah. us. Yeah, unless they were gonna go on to a whole new thing or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have said um Phantasm, but mm, yeah, that, yeah. So. Which I really liked. Honestly, I thought I thought Phantasm Ravager is the best one outside of the original. I thought it was uh it's better than two, three, or four. Nothing against two, three, or four, but for my money, it's uh Phantasm and Ravenger the uh, the best of the franchise. Um hmm. uh, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> now what would it be? They should do a prequel of that, it would be I know what you're gonna do next summer. <laughs> Fucking I think the filmmakers are dumbasses for calling the second one I still know what you did last summer. Wouldn't it be called I Know What You Did That Summer? <laughs> right, right. See like I like think people think my dog is in, in le- unless the sequel takes place like that same summer. Yeah. I know what you did, you know, a couple weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> My my memory has not faded since two weeks ago. I <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> what did you do last summer again? <laughs> and then even had the last summer. I'm a you little said foggy. <laughs> Can you refresh my memory? What you did that summer? That could be that could be a new take on it. Yeah. Like uh, they're the all old gets, and feeble. Yeah, the woman gets amnesia. And oh, that'd like, be cool. I'm going to remind you what I what you did that summer. <laughs> Fucking fisherman start stalking her. She doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell's this guy? <laughs> I like this idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do, uh, bitch? You hit yeah, me what did I do last summer? <laughs> you hit me with your car. How did you forget that? <laughs> well, she might have fell on her head or something. Uh, <laughs> or maybe he forgot. Yeah, that's that's the big. by a car. <laughs> Like, holy shit, it's the wrong person. <laughs> and there would be no movie. <laughs> He's just wandering around trying to figure it out. Something happened to me, man. I can't remember. Yeah, fish hook is a cool weapon, though, I have to say. Oh, yeah. 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 Hmm. I can't yeah, really I, like, think, you know. I like the look of the killer. I just don't think any of the movies are scary. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What about the Incredible Melting Man? Haven't you been dying for a sequel to that? Steve! I just... It, okay. Those two if, fucking guys can still be looking for Steve? If you're going to have a, a disgusting kill, killer in the movie, it doesn't make any sense anyway. The guy starts to disintegrate melt, and so he becomes a cannibal and eats people alive. Why? Well, I, I don't know. But... All right. That being said, he looks cool. It's this guy's melting. So you see this whole movie's eyes melting away. Don't call him Steve. That's like the most like generic name. Like, I, <laughs> like Bob. And then the whole movie is just people running around looking for him. Going, Steve. And how are you going to get away when you're melting away? You're leaving pieces of yourself behind. You think it'd be easy to find. Yeah, and he he like moves like a snail, but yet he like <laughs> he, he like moves across the whole country and like 
people are running and and flying with airplanes and helicopters. And but see, you still, still can't find this guy. You're still thinking of that movie, so it's time for a sequel. I'll never forget it. It You'll was never uh, <laughs> forget the incredible melting man that summer. Uh-huh. I saw, exactly. I saw it in, in in 35 millimeter on the big screen. It was a uh, Halloween night, a uh, 12 hour movie marathon, and. Uh, yeah, that was that came up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I I remember from a kid, because I even had the, one of the cheesy masks, the ones with the elastics. Oh yeah, you know, like rubber band. And so I had, a, I had an incredible melting man mask. I'm not sure why, but I had one as a kid, and I was like, "This doll, oh, this is this going to be good." I remember I saw this as a kid, and the special effects are good, but oh my god, what a bad movie! Yeah, and I remembered it really fondly, but I was probably. 10 years old the last time I saw it. Yeah. And I think uh, Annabelle watched it right because she slept and then she just woke up like every 20 minutes or so. So then you see... Like, <laughs> just you when see, Steve would be there? Yeah, so you'd see like a cool melting like, you know, oh man, he's melting some more. I'll go back to sleep for a while. That's a way to watch the movie. All right. Don't just watch it. Then it, can I spoil the Incredible Melting Man oh, from nineteen seventy-five? Sure so I... he, <laughs> so he melts is the thing. He's he's just a big <laughs> he, he's a big splotch. So, and then like the janitor comes the next board and just uh, just like uh, sweeps him up and throws him in the trash can. <laughs> What like his bones or something? Yeah, his his this is his remains, like this big pile of mush, and like his <laughs> pants and his shoes. And he's like, oh, well, he just throws them right in the trash. It's just so weird. Probably what my favorite the guys part. Guys, he ate. They any parts of them left? I, I don't. I don't know what happened. Like he just eats people. It's never explained why or anything. <laughs> That's the best kind of movie. You just don't bother. <laughs> Like why? Like, why yeah, is... some shit happened to this guy, and he's melting these people? <laughs> don't don't ask. Uh, all right, well, let's bring this as a hot topic here. Ebony Strange here brought it up. <laughs> Jeepers <laughs> Creepers Part Three. Does the fact that the uh, the director, you know, was pedophile, he went to he went to jail for uh, molesting a a, a a kid actually on the set of a movie. Does that affect um, your opinion of Jeepers Creepers? And and uh, do you want to go see Jeepers Creepers three? No, it doesn't affect my opinion. I mean, like because the director itself, what he's done in the past doesn't have anything to do with the movie itself. You know, I think he would have just had the sense to let somebody else direct it, though. Yeah. Because then you wouldn't have to worry about any kind of backlash or anything. Yeah, and I don't understand these people. Like, there there are people I've seen on Facebook and stuff that get so extreme about it, and they're like, "Oh, like anybody who uh, even watches the movies or thinks about him as a pedophile." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> like, no, it's not. No, I'm yes. so excited to see it." Um, it's, I've seen other people who say like, uh, the Jeepers Creepers is a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, that it doesn't, but I think a lot of that is people who just 
don't want to say they like it because the director. Because I actually really do like Jeepers Creepers. The first one, I think it's a it's a great horror movie. Yeah, not a big fan of awesome. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the second one. I'm kind of in the I'm kind of torn because I actually uh, I really don't want to uh, endorse something that is made by a pedophile or like support it and like you know go buy tickets to it. But I would like to see the the third one. So I, I well, will probably fucking, see it. Well, then fucking don't pay for it. Just you know download it illegally. <laughs> But then, I mean, but then you also take account the actors and the, the people on the crew, just like cameramen and grips yeah. and all, yeah. you know. But I gotta, yeah, I gotta he, think, though, if his debt to society is paid, then, you know, I guess we can let the guy get on with his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I could also see not putting, like, you know, any money in his pocket either. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he gets all the money, so... Right, right. And he already probably did get paid. He probably made his money. Yeah, he's going to get paid either way. Yeah. So, yeah, if you you enjoy the movies, like, check out the third one. If you don't, that's fine, too. Even the second one, I still enjoy the second one. Like, I know it's not... There's some parts I like in that one. Yeah, I think there's some, like, good stuff when they're on the bus, and there's some good, really creepy scenes. And then there's some stuff that I'm just like, uh, whatever. It's funny, yeah. that's one they'd show on the Sci-Fi channel, I think, like every weekend for the longest time. Yeah, I'm and pretty sure. I catch bits and pieces, but I don't know if I've ever watched that movie from beginning to end. I, I'm pretty sure that's the first one I watched. But the, the first one I love. Like, I, I can watch that one anytime, and I just really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I, would, I watched it recently. I watched it within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I really liked the uh, the first one. I can't say uh, I really liked the second one much at all, but uh, right. I think the f- I, I I always thought the first one's a really creepy movie. I really just loved the I liked the whole movie, but I really liked the beginning of it when when he's just the the weird cars just you know following him around. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, monster another, thing itself is really cool. And- yeah, and that's another one that really does have a good build. I think. Yeah, you know the whole build to to what's going on. It gets you, it gets you, uh, it gets you in the mood to be scared. You know, like what yeah. the hell is this? And then the the payoff at the very end is very cool too. Yeah.
right, we're back here once again. Sorry for the brief delay. Uh, Troy was just telling us about a cool movie on Netflix. Yeah, it was just one of those um, neat little finds that you make on there. And uh, I remember seeing the trailer a couple years ago, and uh, and it's called Helen Back, and it's a cool claymation film. Um, a lot of good, like uh, you know, voice actors in it. Susan Sarandon's in it. Danny McBride and Bob Odenkirk's the voice of the devil, and. Uh, it was just just a really fun, cool uh, movie. Guy gets sucked into hell, and his buddies have to go there and try to get him back. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, sounds cool. I, I'm a huge fan of Claymation. I think people listening to the show know that. Um, and the devil. Yep. And Bob Odenkirk. And Bob Odenkirk. So it's, it's, uh, it's got three winning uh, factors there. <laughs> so I think you guys should check it out and tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah. Seth, what what are what are your thoughts on uh, on Satan? <laughs> that bitch needs to stay away from me. Really, you're not a fan of the Satan? No. Man, I thought I thought you'd love Satan for some reason. Do I say thanks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested in like the topics, but mm-hmm. I don't know about Ouija boards and all that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Satan is good. Satan is my f- friend. There's a Satan is my pal. I don't know, but I like Satan, especially a clay by the claymation Satan. It's hard to dislike because he's gonna. Oh be- yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you go into hell. <laughs> their take on hell too is pretty cool. Oh really? Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, John Reddy said he's not going to take a tour of the Jeepers Creepers set. <laughs> I especially, mean, especially if he's dressed as like a little. That'd be weird if Freddie just showed if he had up. Get a lollipop, like, like yeah. you know, big ass lollipop. He's just <laughs> looking, wearing like short pants and a little like beanie with a you know uh, propeller on top. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that would be pretty awesome. I love Jeepers Creepers, G Willicker. <laughs> he might get the special uh, tour then. Uh, we welcome you. <laughs> What's the? <laughs> We represent the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild. I don't know why I just thought about this. Lollipop Guild, (laughs) we welcome you to Munchkin Land. I don't know why I just thought about this, but I've always wanted to see, like, mashups of horror movies and, like, Scooby-Doo. Oh, that'd be awesome. Like Like, the gang going to investigate, like, Crystal Lake or... Even Jeepers Creepers, like, I think that would be fun. I'd be totally perfect. I would love that. <laughs> Jeepers, it's the Creeper. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then, like, they could do, uh, you know, weird demonic things and stuff. Mm. Oh, my God. The gang out in the woods having an orgy and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, bowing down to Satan and, like. Mm-hmm. So, in an orgy involving the the is it the mystery gang or yeah, 
like who do you want to see involved in that? And like who who's who's what positions, who's uh <laughs> who's getting what? Well and is Scooby is Scooby Doo involved? Of course. Yeah, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think Scooby'd be mounting Shaggy somewhere. And yeah, I, I think Shaggy's very like subservient. I think I think anyone could just kind of bend him over and take oh, yeah. content. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Velma is the one who's not involved. She's just kind of watching awkwardly because nobody wants to see Velma get any action. Oh man, I think Velma would be more like a dominatrix, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Got I the can secret, see it. The yeah, these are quiet. You got to worry about the quiet ones. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe she'd have a. I'm just now. I'm just picturing everyone just taking turns on Shaggy. Yeah, I, I can like, see that. Yeah. Just riding the shaggy train. I wonder what happens if you like look this up like Scooby Doo porn. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. I am positive it's out there. In fact, I have it bookmarked. <laughs> oh god. As long as Fred would still have his ascot on, that's all it that would really matter. <laughs> I almost bought an ascot. Is that the the little like the uh his like, neckerchief? Uh, yeah. I, I bought a new vest off eBay, and the place I got it, which is a pretty rocket vest, I'll take a picture of it. They had they had ascots, and I I was tempted to buy one. You've got to like, get oh, one. I was like, man, that's pretty sweet. Please in don't. Your, <laughs> in your journey to become like an old man, way before your time, you need an ascot. I think I could bring them back. I like I'd make them like popular again. You're like Thurston Howell. Hmm. Man, there's just a plethora of Scooby-Doo porn. I mean, it's just never-ending. Although, one of the guys at work, Neil, said... That's that why Seth should, went quiet. Go on. You should bring back the monocle. I have a monocle, but I have a hard Harold time... Harold at work thinks you, you could be the man to bring uh, the monocle back into fashion. <laughs> oh, shit. I, he hasn't only... seen you since you were 10 years old, but he told me this. Mm. You're you're gonna look like the Monopoly man. That he has a monocle. monocle. He has a monocle, right? I don't think he does, but I think people I should. That's one of the things like you slipped into different realities if you remember the Monopoly <laughs> man. Oh, the Mandela effect. Hold exactly. On, Why is this not loading? Because <laughs> you have too much Scooby Doo porn on there. Yeah, I see Scooby Doo. He's he's man, Scooby Doo's good. Uh, he's. He's, well, uh, he's a great Dane fella. That's true. <gasps> he Velma's, does have And Velma's really active in all of these. Oh, God. Anybody have Velma as a dominatrix? No, not yet. Ah, she's all, I see a lot of her getting mounted by Scooby. Okay. Do they give him like a human looking dick or do they give him lipstick? No, it's very human-looking penis. It's not oh, like really? a dog-looking penis. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean, you got to figure Red Rocket for Scooby. Oh, here's yeah. one where he's, uh, he's like, rape. He's uh, This one's, like, kind of vicious, and it's like a Red <laughs> Rocket. <laughs> he's, like, oh, anally no. raping. Uh, what's the other woman's name? Daphne. Yeah, she's, like, looks in pain, and he's just, he's got, like, red demon eyes. Nice. Pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, there are some oh, here for as a, as a dominatrix story where she's yeah, got I, strap on. I'm pretty happy about this. I just, I just googled that, and yeah, it's here. 
I might need some private time with this. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't you, know. I imagine most people would be annoyed by her. She has the most annoying voice. I always remember her on uh, an episode of um, Johnny Bravo when she, you know, because she always loses her glasses. And she's like, my glasses, my glasses. I can't see without my glasses. And then Johnny Bravo dropped his glasses. And he's, his response was, my glasses, my glasses. I can't be seen without my glasses. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I love me some Johnny Bravo. I haven't seen that show in so long. On a cool Cartoon Network kind of side note here, um, fans of uh, Samurai Jack should be pretty happy because uh, Tartakovsky's actually brought the series back. He's going to have a brand new season this year. Really? And it's going to tie up loose ends. And the, the show never really had an ending. And they're going to like uh, give Jack like a an ending to the show, which is really cool. Hmm. Although Mako, the, uh, the voice of Aku, who is like the evil wizard in it. He's a mm-hmm. guy, Neil from Conan, the barbarian. He was the wizard in that. Right. Uh, you know, he's since died. And so I don't know who's going to voice Aku. Hmm. Yeah. I, never, I don't think I've ever watched it. I think you'd like it, actually, Neil. I know you're not a big animation fan, but mm-hmm. uh, Samurai Jack was a really cool show. Mm-hmm. And Tart- Tartakovsky did it with a really neat like um, animation style where, where Jack didn't have... He has no like hard lines on him. It's, uh, it's just like a flowing, you know, like white suit, and then um, the flesh color just ends... With no lines, it's mm. it's kind of a cool style. All right, I'll check him out sometime. Yeah, I might dig it. You, you might, you might like it. I think you'd like Aku. He's a cool, like, evil wizard. That's what Aku means in Japanese is evil. Really? Yep. Like, ah, I am evil. Yep. Mm. So you know, you're probably not a nice guy if they've mm. named you Aku. Yeah. Haku with an H? Just Haku. Oh, I was thinking of Haku the wrestler. Well, he's close, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I saw that there's a Lost Boys show coming on. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm a little interesting. Yeah, I like the premise, and I like the idea because he says this takes place in 1967, and the idea is every season. Um, that it'll be a different setting, a different time period, different, you know, humans and stuff. But, uh, the vampires will always be the same because, you know, they don't, they don't age or the lost boys. So right. I think that's very cool. But my only concern is it's on the CW. Oh, <laughs> I just I assume they did like... exclusively DC comic stuff. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched anything on the CW and maybe forever. I don't know, but. I just assume it'll be like this really like soap opery like show for like tweens and early twenties. Is that is that the channel that um Riverdale's on? I really don't. Is that the uh the modern That's fucking uh, Archie? 
Yeah, it doesn't. It's just weird. Like they made they updated Archie, but now they have a lot of sex and like there's like killings and. <laughs> it totally like freaked crazy. me out when I saw the ad for it because they have this like you know studly male model uh, redheaded guy and he's standing there brooding and then this other like you know model type comes up to him and he's wearing a little beanie and. And after a while, I figured out that it was fucking Archie and Jughead, and that completely freaked me out. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, why? Who who thinks that's a good idea? I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, if anybody reading the Archie comics is really like the audience at once, like, I don't know, young, sexy. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't know. I'm not interested. <laughs> no, it just weirded me out, actually. It's like anyone who knows Archie is probably going to just be like put off. Like, well, this isn't Archie. And then ever, and then everyone else, who's probably most people who want to watch the show, be like, who the fuck's Archie? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Why is they this probably, guy Jughead? That's a stupid yeah, name. They probably don't even care that it's Archie. It could just be anything. Yep. Yeah, that one I didn't get at all. I don't I don't understand who the target audience is. Nah. <clears throat> uh, Michael uh, St. Michaels, who played uh, Big Ronnie, the greasy strangler himself, he wants to know uh, oh, when shit. will he get when does he get his head back? Oh. Mm. He's gotta go through the car wash for that head. Yeah. Ah! I always feel bad when I see that scene. Is he in pain? He looks it. Yeah, he does look in pain. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. If, but then he tells Big uh, Paul that he's like, I'm just laughing. Yeah. It's hard to know exactly. <laughs> By the way, that that brings me to something here. Oh. Coming up. Starting this Sunday, Greasy Week. Nice. I am liking Greasy Week. Yes. Because, let's see here. I'm going to get this all up. I love the Greasy Strangler so much. It's one of my favorite movies. I just thought it was amazing. It's so original, so bizarre. It is very bizarre. It is. I've never seen anything like it. And so starting starting this Sunday, Greasy Week... Sunday, we'll have an interview with uh, Sam Disanaki, who's the Indian tourist. He cracks me up in that movie. Mm, he's, he's a great guy, and he's been in, in many other films by the by the director. Well, uh, other shorts and, and stuff. Uh, then Monday, we'll have Holland McFallister, who played the Scandinavian tourist. Nice. So every night, stay tuned. It'll be a little, there'll be an interview up there. Um, the same station here. You're listening to the, the live show now. It'll be live and then it'll be two podcasts afterwards. Uh, Tuesday, Joe, David Walters, who played Oinker. Nice. Wednesday, Carl Solomon, who played Danny, the crooner. <laughs> People don't know. He had four different roles in the film. Uh, Thursday for our actual without your head show. We're going to have Elizabeth Durazo. Who was Janet, also known as Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie? Nice. Mm-hmm. And she's also in Eastbound and Down. 
Uh, for Friday, we're going to flashback Friday. We're going to replay an encore airing of Sky Elobar and Michael St. Michael's Big Braden, Big Ronnie. And then Saturday. That was a ton of fun. I really yes, enjoyed that. Interview. That was, yeah, it was awesome. And then Saturday, uh, to round out Greasy Week, we will have Gil Gex on, who was Big Paul, the blind car wash owner, who is also the ghost of Jimi Hendrix. This is what he does besides being the greasy strangler. He, he performs as the ghost of Jimi Hendrix. So nice. This on, on YouTube. And there will also be uh, a return of the dinner in a movie where Annabelle and I review the greasy strangler. Too cool. And, yeah. And for dinner, we just, I just, I actually drank like a whole bottle of uh, bourbon. I thought you were going to say you drank a bottle of, like, Crisco or something. <laughs> I should have. That would have been pretty sweet. We drank a lot uh, last uh, the other weekend. A lot. I did brought you have, a, like, a 55-gallon drum with, like, grease in it that you could dunk yourself we in? We did not. We did All not. Right. We did not. But we are hoping that uh, maybe in Texas we're going to wear the matching pink suits. I hope like, so. Pink sweaters with pink shorts. And uh, and and uh, Seth will be will be like it. He'll he'll love. It. He might wear the greasy suit. Maybe. Will you wear a greasy suit, Seth? Probably not. And how about a pig <laughs> nose? How about a pig nose? You can be oinker. I'm already dressing as a rabbit. Why do I need to be a pig nose? Because it would fit into the movie. <laughs> it fits into my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear do you wear the rabbit suit during the show? No, I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> Is there any significance to this rabbit suit? <laughs> no. Okay. Because I, I was like, hey, because people go to Texas Frightmare like dressed up in costumes, right? Mm-hmm. Some people can, do. Yeah. I can guarantee no one is going to be there dressed as a rabbit. That's true. Is it a spooky rabbit? No. <laughs> okay, that's even cooler. I like silly, that. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. I mean, I guess I could stretch and say it's like a House of a Thousand Corpses thing, but... Yeah, or... or maybe um, Donnie Darko. I was yeah. thinking that, or... Um, oh, Sexy Beast. There's also a rabbit in that. <laughs> if I go there and someone's dressed as a rabbit, I'm going to fucking fight them. <laughs> In my rabbit costume. There can only be one. There can be uh, only one rabbit. Bunny fight! Yep. Are you bringing your carrot? Yeah. Cool. That one, I don't know where this damn carrot is at. I've been looking for it. How can you, how can you lose a seven-foot carrot? <laughs> I moved. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I put that seven and a half foot long carrot? Yeah, for real, it is. Yeah, I think it is like seven and a half feet. <laughs> nice. It's taller than me. Uh. <laughs> How tall are you, Seth? Are you are you a tall man? I don't know. I have no idea. I envision foot. you pretty tall. I'm six I, feet. I thought you really? met Seth. You you never met Seth. No, no, no. I thought you guys had actually met. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. He scared me. Yeah, I've, I've, I don't know why, but maybe it's just your voice. I picture you as like a very lean, lanky, like six foot three guy. I'm not lean and lanky. Let me tell you, I eat like a pig. 
with a shock of red hair on top of your head. <laughs> like big curly red hair. It I don't know why. Have a, an older I mean, my profile picture is that. <laughs> oh, maybe that that's probably part of it. That's probably yeah. entered into this. Yeah, what? Annabelle said the same thing. She was like, Don't you have red hair? And then like, no. She seemed like all of me now. Okay, wait, now I need to rephrase. <laughs> <laughs> I just want well, to I see a seven and a half foot carrot. <laughs> that might come <laughs> out poorly too. But by the way, if uh, if Dave Deadman's out there listening to the show, uh, uh, he's been texting me for the last like month or so, and my new phone will not let me text to Canada. I don't know how to change the setting, and so I tried to call him, and that didn't work either. So if you're listening, I don't hate you. I just literally cannot reply. I've tried, but it thing. doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> Annabelle, Canada ban. So uh, message me on Skype or uh, rejoin Facebook. I cannot message you. Then it's not like because I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of the rare times. You're right. There's other. The yeah, there's lots of times I don't answer people just because I, I don't care. But this, <laughs> this is when I actually tried to. I just can't. <laughs> Derek wants to know what plans do we have for Texas Frightmare Weekend? Eating. I agree. I'm a barbecue. Nice. For honestly, this whole time, I haven't even really thought about the people that are going to be there. <laughs> I've just been thinking, oh, food. Yep. Barbecue. I, now, I know. Yeah, I know Seth loves Taco Bell. I could so, go for Taco Bell any day. Yeah, so yeah, I don't really want. Some- Bad, cool uh, Mexican food. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't want to go to Taco Bell in Texas, but we can hit up some Tex-Mex places while we're in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Are you down with that, or do you only like Taco Bell? I mean, I already have that restaurant here, so we got to find something else. Exactly. That's how I'm going to travel. I don't want to eat places I can go to all the time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah, like, sound I, like fancy, but, who, you know... Yeah, who wants to go out to you know Texas just to eat at that McDonald's? Like, <laughs> yeah, man, that man that McDonald's in Dallas was good. <laughs> they that put was just always a little one of the extra weird, <laughs> weird things about like the group of people. Sometimes we'd be with uh, at the wrestling conventions. They'd always want to eat at the same places. They, they, I'd get so they mad never when wanted they... to try out any place new. Yeah. Neil, it, I'd get pissed, but Neil wears it on his sleeve more than I do. And yeah, like, you could like... just tell he'd be like, no, fuck that. We're going to try a new place. Yeah, we're not walking down to friggin' McDonald's. I yep. don't want a fucking McDonald's. I get McDonald's anytime. <laughs> yep. Or an Applebee's. Nothing against Applebee's, but good lord. They, they, yep. they, those people thought Applebee's was like eating it like this <laughs> steakhouse. Hey, I could go for Applebee's any day. They have the best chicken tenders and honey mustard ever. But I think it was like a safety thing. Like they were kind of afraid to try any place new. Oh, and yeah. Neil and I are just the opposite. It's like, well, when you're in someplace different, let's try as many different places as we can. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, hey, I will say there's lots of fast food uh, taco places in Texas oh, I that I d- that I don't have here. Yeah, exactly. So, and I remember, and I was oh, it was so disgusting. Went to McDonald's, 
ordered some kind of sandwich without onions because I don't like onions. And they had onions on. So I brought my sandwich back. The guy just just reached in. He had plastic gloves on. It took the onions off. Like, there you go. I was like, what the fuck? That's so sad. Here they would make you a sandwich. Like, I could take what, off the fuck onions. I'm not a friggin' moron. That's, that's why you say I'm allergic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the same place that they had undercooked french fries. Yeah, and everyone thought we were crazy. I was it like, was these terrible. fries, are so- they're all soggy and greasy. And we're like, that's how they're good. Like, what in the world? No. That's, they just gave you, like, the the leftovers. Yeah, it was <laughs> they're at the bottom of the grease. They're basically, like, soggy shoestrings. Oh, they were yeah. awful. It was nasty. Everything about that was just kind of nasty. <laughs> and I don't even, like, hate McDonald's, but, like... No. I'm in. Uh, I'm in Charlotte, and you could literally walk to this awesome Mexican place, a cool burger place. Oh, there uh, were all at these least places, a dozen places around there. There was Some a Chick Fil A right around to, the corner. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, the hell we was so happy because Neil and I don't have a Chick Fil. Well, we didn't at the time. time. We now yeah. do, but at the time a, we didn't. And all hey, I told you, I haven't. So we would and, look forward to it every year just to go to Chick-fil-A. And was I wrong that Chick-fil-A is just the best fast food restaurant? Oh, yeah. It's great. Oh, I, Even I, great Chick- This house that I just moved into, it is like a block away from Chick-fil-A. So I've had it every day. So I'm like no, all no, no, Chick-fil-A no. out. <laughs> and uh, I had, yeah, but that I, way you get to try all the different things. You can try like the spicy yeah. sandwich and then, you know, the grilled nuggets and all that jazz. Oh, and I had their uh, breakfast. Yeah, I, really some, I do too. Now I'm Jones, and yeah, I really want some Chick Fil A now. Yep. Yeah, I'm fucking starving suddenly. It's that damn peanut oil. They fry everything in peanut oil, and it just gives it such a great taste. Uh. All things in the world. Why would you I, think to put your chicken in peanut oil? Like I never I would have it. <laughs> well, it must have been like an Atlanta thing. You know, isn't that where <laughs> it started? Maybe it's a Mormon thing. Peanuts are just their big thing. But, um, yeah, so I'm really like, maybe we should, instead of without your head, we should just be like in your mouth. I like that. (laughs) What was cool uh, last week, uh, the week before maybe, Annabelle and I went to um, uh, TerraCon in Rhode Island, and uh, the hotel we were staying at, uh, had a pizza place that delivered till 4 a.m. Wow. I was like, God damn, I wish I had that around here. For real. Those were but, things that, like... Go on. Oh, hello. Um, hello? Yeah. I oh, hear go you. Go ahead, Neil. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Terracon was really cool. <laughs> um... Uh, it was an awesome lineup, I guess. A lot of people that we have known from the show, like Ari Mihailov, uh, Simon Banford, Barbie Wilde, uh, Nicholas Vince, uh, Brian, uh, I forget his name, sorry, but uh, from Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Kane Hodder, uh, David Naughton. Just an awesome uh, lineup, I guess. All very nice people. Uh, a great uh, group of um of vendors, really cool stuff. I got a bunch of uh, buttons, and uh, Annabelle bought me a cool shirt. 
She bought me some uh, serial killer pins. I made a hat. It's got a bunch of serial killers on it, which I actually put the picture up that, and two people blocked me on Facebook. Not very appalled that that I had a serial killer hat. I was like, do you pay attention to me at all? I mean, (laughs) have you met me? (laughs) Yeah. So it was a a really great time. Great panels. Um, One thing was weird was they had a, they, they did, uh, they had security going in. So like you got like padded, you had to put like, uh, you know, they went through your bags and you had to go through a metal detector. Oh, really? Every time you went in or out? Yeah, well, every time you went in. Wow. And so uh, and so, I always went, we'd go off, and I'd have to get, like, padded down, and they'd search through all my stuff. I must just look like this real shady guy. I think they just liked you. Is that always... Cause that happens Can I fucking hear? What? What was that? Seth was singing. I liked it. I liked it, too. But the... Uh, yeah, it usually happens on the plane. It's always happening. It's patting me down. One time on a plane, they uh, they like they uh, uh, scanned my hands for ions. Was that like, the time it took like forever? They they had pulled you aside. And... It was one of the one of the times it took forever. Man, the, the ions was with Annabelle, but one other time I was oh, with God. you, it took forever. Yeah, the ions. though, I was like, I was like worried, like. Like, well, what does this mean? <laughs> Should I be worried? That, like, You're like you the know, radioactive man. Yeah. Like, just walked away. Like, well, hell, man. But I think uh, that that time when they had like Homeland Security check you out, and it's like, yeah, that's that's your typical terrorist because they like to blend in with the crowd, so they wear a <laughs> giant painted top hat and a kilt and combat <laughs> boots. And- uh. The one guy even asked me one time if I was uh, if I was in into voodoo. <laughs> uh, you know what the hell am I gonna do? Am I do I have like a, a voodoo doll of the pilot? I'm just gonna start stabbing him with pins. They can't trust you if uh, if you're into voodoo, man. Yeah. Voodoo, voodoo. I don't know. That's you crazy. do the voodoo that you do yeah. so well. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. We lost Seth, but uh, we'll try to get him back on the show. So Greasy Week's coming up. That's going to be pretty sweet. Greasy Week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, how can you not, really? Hello? Hey, there we get Seth back. And uh, I also have a new computer with... Uh, that can real it's really good at video editing. So there's already a bunch of new videos up on the YouTube page, so subscribe to Without Your Head on YouTube and there'll be more to come. I actually posted a couple of videos from two thousand twelve. Nice. They're they're not necessarily huge, but it's cool. It's cool. I like the um, bacon one. I watched that one. Yeah, so that was the first time ever Annabelle and I had met in person. Yep. And you guys hated all the bacon stuff. That was that was pretty comical. <laughs> yeah, well, it was very bad, though. <laughs> That's what you said. Uh-huh. It's funny because when I watched that, because I thought it was lost, and then I found it. And at first, we're trying to be a little polite, mm-hmm. but then quickly we just like realize it's all right to hate stuff. Yep, like you know, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it feels good to be hate. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Two minutes hate. 
So, yeah, so that's up. Uh, there'll be a lot of cool stuff there. It's coming up will be uh, the first ever meeting of myself, Troy, and Annabelle all together. Halloween. That's true. That was a really good time, too. I look forward to that. Yeah, that was fun. It's a lot longer Especially video. Especially later on where we were pretty intoxicated. I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, so I didn't realize it's so long. The first part's about a half hour, but that part in the hotel's like two hours. But I'll it's, edit it down. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Seth? Sorry. I didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> well, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh, Al says, where is the without your head booth? This happened to We were at uh, Terracon. By the way, uh, really big thanks to um, Nicholas Vance and Barbary Wild. Really had a, a great time with everyone. But, uh, you know, we had uh, we had meals with both them and hung out with them a lot and had many drinks with Barbie. It was really It was a really nice time. And it was my, my first convention in about two years because I was sick last year. And so it was, uh, you know, special to uh, it's something I used to do all the time and I couldn't do because I was sick. And it was nice to, to get back to it. Uh, so anyway, Alub says, uh, where is your without your head booth? And see that we were walking around. And I'm just going to say his name because he's a real jackass. Dr. Chris, who used to, you guys, people might remember, used to call into this show. And I'm not making this up. He would call into the show when we had a guest on. And he would ask that guest to come on his, sh- his show. <laughs> Are you Why? serious? I am dead serious. While we're live, he would call in and ask the guest to come on to his uh, his uh, his show. That's like, like how he, just first of all, how rude is that? But even yeah, beyond that's just that, sad like, and pathetic. Yeah, like, do you think that's gonna work? Like, they're gonna like, oh yeah, let's set this up live on this show. While I'm talking to these people. Don't you realize you just come off a tall jackass? So anyway, he had a he had a booth. Background was like, where's the without your head booth? And Annabelle said, where's your audience? And I I thought it was awesome. <laughs> that is uh, good. Uh, like that. Did you get that on video? No, unfortunately. But Damn. See, you just got to carry around like a camera with you, twenty four seven. Just I know we we need a cameraman just following us around. I'd like a GoPro. Maybe that would work. I have a GoPro. Really? Well, buy me one. I don't fucking know how to use it, so take this one off my hands. All right, I'll 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 use it. I'll give it back to you after a while. How's that? All right. All right. I'll give it back to you in Texas or something. Or you can give it to me. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Um. Let's see. Robert Brzezinski wants to know who fixes all the buildings and roads after Godzilla destroys it. Whoa, that's I a damn good question. About that. Hmm. You think that's good for the economy, though? Because then, like, all the, the construction people get, get good jobs because they got to rebuild everything. Yeah. You would yeah, and then a lot that. of cars are taken out, and then a lot of cars are taken out, so there's no real traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring Godzilla over here. Stomp on a bunch of people. <laughs> he also wants to know, uh, King Kong must take a massive dump. Who's in charge of cleanup? Not me. That little guy that um, was always at the end of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> That'd be the little guy with the push broom. Mm. I think him. Especially now, since King Kong's like like 200 feet tall. Yeah, one... In the land of, like, not such good things that I've watched on Netflix recently, I um, I discovered uh, an animated King Kong uh, on there. Really? 
and it's Ooh, a series. Sorry. And uh, there was a there was an old cartoon of Kong like back in the seventies that I really enjoyed as a kid. I haven't seen it in years, and I probably hate it now. <laughs> that's just usually the way things work. Things are never as good as you remember when you were a kid. And yeah. uh, so I was like, okay, I'll give this one a shot. You know, I used to love the old, uh, you know, King Kong show. And so I watched this one, and it was, I, I maybe it was aimed for like a much younger audience. <laughs> I, it just came off as really insulting and stupid. I, I loathed it. I hated uh, everything about it. And so don't don't watch it. I got through one episode. <laughs> I just absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. So stay away from the animated Kong show. <laughs> well, I've heard to stay after the credits of the new Kong. Something like big happens. Oh. And I've seen people like in the new Kong, so uh, I'm... I mean, I mean, I love, I love the original Kate Con, one of my favorites. So, uh, I definitely want to see it. I'll probably, I hope I'm not disappointed. I did that with Annie. Keep an open mind. I did that with any movie I go see. I stay until after the credits are over. Yeah, I try to, too, because usually, you, you know, then if you hear about it, you're like pissed. You're like, well, yeah. Plus, you know what? I honestly like looking at the credits. That's one thing that bothers, bothers me on Netflix. Like, as soon as whatever you're watching is over, they oh, throw they it. become and, tiny. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? I actually like to just look at the credits. Me too. You know, if it's a movie I really like, I sit back, I listen to the music that's playing, and I just, you know, I just read the credits. I might not read every name, but and then some of them stick, stand out to you. And, you know, these people worked on the movie. They, you know, this is their time. They get get some credits up there. Yeah. You know, I know the stars. Everyone's going to know them, but. You know, the key grip and stuff. Hey, this is their moment. Well, sometimes you'll find, like, some cool music and things like that there, too. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, like, insulting, I think. It is. Yeah, it's like, hey, these people helped put this together. This is the moment you know they're telling their family, okay, we got to stay, because my name's going to go by. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the old days when only the really important people got like in the credits, and everybody else like it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, you don't even know who like the costume designers were, and like Frankenstein, they don't give a shit. Oh yeah, well they don't think they even told you Boris Karloff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is a big question mark. But yeah, yeah, the, those old movies. It's weird how like little credits there are. Mm. And they're just lost to time. There are those movies that have so many people working on it that it's like 10 minutes of credits. And it's like, God. Right. Oh, yeah. When they have to go through I, one more than one song, you know that's some long-ass credits. I should uh, start doing that on videos. I'll, 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 yeah. go, go on. When it's more than, you know, two pieces of music from the movie, yeah, you know it's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking I might do this on the new videos. I'll just be like uh, titles by Neil Jones, edited by Neil Jones. I'll just like put every little thing I've done on them. Really, that's about all, I guess. Reviewed first time by Neil Jones. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Neil Jones as Neil Jones. (laughs) Uh, Neil Jones will be played by Neil Jones this evening. (laughs) 
you got to uh, you got to be like uh, like Neil middle name Jones as Neil Jones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. I do want to mention though, Annabelle does uh, usually set up the camera. She's very good with the camera and kind of the direction. So I don't want people thinking this. No one else was involved. But uh, Michael DeVore wants to know: Is there still a place for trauma style filmmaking? I mean, I think least, there always will be. Yeah, I mean, they they still make movies, so yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, back in a way, I think there's more room for them now. Yeah, because there's more uh, independent uh, people making stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know. And then the trauma style, uh, the trauma, you know, it's cheap and everything. You can look at it that way that they're just cheap movies, but, uh, you know, they usually had some like, uh, political or social relevance to them. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, Michael, I already mentioned that one. Uh, Joel Deaton wants to know, uh, if we watch that new show about, uh, Betty Davis. No, I haven't really good. But I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. It did look good. There's so many shows now that look good. It's hard to keep up with all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't watch TV. <laughs> yeah, it's just like never ending. But the cool thing is, like, after a while, like, if you need something to do, you can, like, hey, I'll go watch, like, every season of this now on uh, on, on Netflix. Yeah, binge watching's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So. King Kong's so big in this. What does he eat? Those other giant monsters on the island. I think I don't think an ape eats. I don't think apes are carnivores. Yeah, but none are three hundred feet tall either. Yeah, <laughs> they should. They should have giant banana trees in the movie. I'll be honest. Just like yeah, with like fifty foot bananas. See, I like everybody like associated with this movie. Everybody involved with it are all people that I dig. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have this like weird feeling of dread. Yeah, I I understand though. I do. I have a bad feeling about it too, but <laughs> intuition. Yeah, I just and I shouldn't feel like that because I love Hiddleston and and uh, uh, Sam Jackson and John Goodman. So mm-hmm. everybody involved in it, like I, I definitely like these people. Yeah, and it's good to see that Sam Jackson's getting some work because you never see him in anything anymore. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's only every other movie now that you see that he's <laughs> in. Uh huh. Man, do you think he just lives in like a, a house made of gold? Sam, he yeah. might. He might. Although Daniel Craig might, because didn't he get like a hundred and fifty oh, million yeah. for those last two? James Bond movies? Yeah, and he and like they're offering him like some insane amount of money to do more. He doesn't want to do them, but they're wow. And I don't know, like if I'm the director and like you know the guy's like I'd rather slash my wrists and be in this mo- another uh-huh. one of these movies. I don't think I'd want him in my movie. They're like, <laughs> okay, screw you. Yeah, there's been six different people that have been Bond. Uh, I'm giving Idris Elba a call, you know, like yeah, yeah, different. I'm giving Tom Hiddleston or Tom Hardy or somebody. I agree, and I actually and nothing gets because I think he's uh, I think he to me he's my favorite. Oh, I think um, he's the best one. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say someone's better than Connery as Bond, but the, I think they're his the best movies for me. Or yeah, are with, they're more believable than the old ones. Yeah. 
which I think some people, that's why they don't like him. I could, which I understand. Like if you really like the old bond movies, you like them for that reason. So then these are so different, but I don't like the old bond movies for that reason. So these are yep. better. I'm with you. Um, we're going to have a uh, Barbara Magnol uh, Magnolfi on, uh, the show in a couple weeks. Uh, she's from Suspiria, the Dario Argento classic. So that's wow. a weird, that's a pretty big uh, interview, I think, for us. That on the show. Yeah, that'll be wild. Yeah, and uh, that will all lead into uh, Texas Fright Mare Weekend. Ooh. That'll be our countdown because she's going to be there along with Dario. That's totally badass. I yeah, I just think that's so cool. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I have to freshen up on some Dario Argento movies. Because I, I know Suspiria and a couple of his big ones, but uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of them. I'm I'm not well versed in uh, in foreign movie, in foreign horror, honestly. I, I don't I haven't I don't know a lot of Italian horror movies. Just just practice on your like um, like uh, pigeon Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, just um, this is a spicy meatball. Exactly, exactly. You say like that a your, lot. Yep, yep. And uh, God, uh, what is it? The what's the the Godfather thumb one? Am I not so smart? Exactly. That's all you have to do. Uh-huh. Watch some old Marx Brothers things. Hit him with the Chico, and he'll love you. Uh-huh. All right. And see, I can get away with that because I'm half Italian. So that's right. Exactly. No one would say it's racist. All right, <laughs> Seth. I saw you were going to put in a complaint. Fuck you. Yeah. File that complaint. With the, I'm not sure who, but you <laughs> with you know God, like. <laughs> with the Pope. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll also have a D Wallace on live here on the show March 30th. That's gonna be pretty sweet. Man, things just get more and more badass. I'm, yeah, so cool. It's gonna be awesome. So D. also so many great movies. That's just yeah. Awesome. There's so many. Like, I mean, huge movies. E.T. Oh yeah, Howling, Cujo. Yep. Uh, I know there's ones of oh, uh, the hills have eyes. Oh, that's Zombie right. Halloween. What's up? Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, oh, by the way, I want to mention this was uh, Stephen King tweeted that uh, Andy Muschietti's remake of uh, of It uh, Part One, The Losers Club, uh, succeeded succeeds beyond my expectations. Wow. Which is cool. He doesn't, to see. he doesn't fucking like any of the movies that yeah. <laughs> made about. So, but I don't think he's necessarily the best, uh, the best judge of his own, like movies made into film. I mean, his own books made into films. Cause oh. what are the other ones he likes? Like, doesn't he, didn't he like uh, that one with the, with the, with the, uh, trucks? He did. Um, the thing about King, and I love King, he's one of my favorite writers, but he has terrible taste in movies normally. Because uh-huh. he loves, like, you know, the leprechaun, and, like, I think he just <laughs> likes everything, you know? Uh-huh. Like, well, he likes he... a leprechaun. What? Mm hmm. No one could. That's a movie. I'm sorry, Seth, to interrupt you. When they, they remade it the, the, the other year. 
or they rebooted it, whatever the hell you want to call it, reheated it. And I saw people like, oh my god, they're, you know, remaking this this legendary movie, this icon. Like, no, the movie sucks! Leprechaun's <laughs> it's terrible. the fucking Leprechaun, folks. Hey, I will say, the original Leprechaun movies blow Leprechaun Origins out of the water. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's terrible. Set the bar pretty low. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 my favorite is actually when he goes to the hood. I actually yeah, Leprechaun in the hood, man. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it wasn't even... I think that's the only one that when they shot him off into space, it really wasn't much worse than the ones when he <laughs> yeah. wasn't in space. Uh, I will say the best part of the Leprechauns is the Leprechaun. Oh, yeah. like, looks cool. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just surrounded by just total shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston will find you. <laughs> <laughs> And then for that new one, they're like, I know how to improve this. We'll take away the only good thing about it. And we'll replace it with just this horrible, weird monster that does absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, it's a bad film. It's worthless. And usually I don't hate on movies that bad, but really, like, I'm predicting there is nobody that likes that movie. I can't imagine it. No, I think they're making another one though, because Horn. I just watched a thing with Hornswoggle, who's the midget wrestler, played him, and he mentioned like doing another one. They did not need an actor to play that role at all. No, because no, it was just, just so terrible. No, you barely even see it. It could have just been like a like a puppet or just like a. Yeah. Or a I child. watched the behind. <laughs> I watched the behind the scenes of it, and the makeup is really really bad like spencer gifts level like you even when you watch the movie like i remember they would have shots of it where it was like the camera was like auto focusing like on blades of grass so you couldn't see it <laughs> but it really bad yeah it was uh, that is an awful movie what a one that is worthless i agree with you yep what a pile of shit that's a you Usually know they took... go on Usually I'll find at least something that I like in the movie. There's nothing I like in the movie. Not the cinematography, not the acting, not you know the music, not the writing, none of it. Mm, I agree. You know when they, they took the old Atari 2600 cartridges of E.T. and buried them out in the pit somewhere? That's what they should do with all the copies of, of the new Leprechaun. Yes. They should just take them and bury them somewhere. And then, oh, you yeah. know, in 30 years, someone can make a documentary about digging it up. Yeah, I actually don't even think it had to be like uh, like a dwarf. They could have had like a regular sized person because you never see that thing next to anybody. No, they could have just put like the mask on a stick and like shook it <laughs> yeah, around. Could have. Uh-huh. It so, could have yeah. been like that elf movie. Exactly. It probably would have been better. At least it would have been like funny. Yeah. Like if you just saw like a leprechaun on like a like a string just bouncing around. And you they, know like, what? I think on hand. <laughs> yes, I think the original Leprechaun series could work if you did it sort of like Drag Me to Hell, where we have a character that we really like, and you have a mis- uh, a Leprechaun, you know, doing his mischief and shit, mm-hmm. and you really want to see them get out of that situation and make it fun and almost like Beetlejuice, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah that that would be awesome. I I think then when though like if they would want to spend a little time and effort. And make a good movie. That that's one like if you want to give a reboot to and put it in a different direction, it could work. Like you know, 
Seth's idea, I think, would work. Mm-hmm. And I think the Wishmaster is another one that they could do that with because there was a lot of potential in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good stuff. It's just, I never thought it was very good, but like the guy looks cool and just the idea I think is good. And, mm. and I will say his makeup job is, I would say, like second only to Freddy Krueger. Like, yeah, I do dig his makeup. Mm. And I like the actor as him. I think yeah. he's really good as, as that. Yeah. And I like don't know the, what's lacking in that movie. There's just something, though, that just doesn't work. Yeah, the first movie, I think, is probably the only one that I still, like, enjoy. Like, I know it's not good, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, it's a fun. It, it's got a very confused tone throughout because it's like it feels like a kid a kid's movie for part of it. But then you have, like, the cop getting killed and getting his face ripped off. It's, like, very, I don't know, it's very, like, jarring. And that was the first one, kind of like, you know, how, how Zombie and his Halloween added, like, you know, all these, um, you know, old horror people. That that movie's kind of the first one that has, you know, like, there's a ton of, like, Wishmaster. Wishmaster. Yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it for a long time. I'll have to revisit it someday. Yeah, but, like, I think Tony Todd's in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these people, um, they Guy from Phantasm, the Ice Cream Man. Mm-hmm. Um, his name. The Tall Man. Oh no, yeah, uh, I know you mean. Yeah, the the other guy, the guy with like the ponytail. Yeah, Reggie Bannister. Yeah, he's got a little bit part in it. There's a ton of people that make like cameos in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to mention uh, sad news because uh, I was always a real big fan of him. Uh, Bill Paxton passed away. Yeah, that bummed me out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, if if people, I mean, people know like most of his, you know, big movies, Aliens and Dear Dark, and which I really like those movies. But uh, if people haven't seen Frailty, I just think that's a great movie, and it's yeah. uh, I don't people a lot of people talk about it, but I always thought it was great. Yep, I agree. And uh, he directed that one too, so. Uh, if you're going to watch some uh, Bill Paxton stuff, you know, there's the one, the go-to movies. But if you haven't out there seen uh, Frailty, uh, check it out. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I really dug that movie. And then everything he was in, he always brought, like, you know, a little bit of, you know, he had that certain charisma about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of goofy, but yet, like... Not too goofy, where you're just like, you know, this guy's kind of an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that you wouldn't take him seriously at all. Like, yeah. I, I loved him. If you ever watch um, the second season of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's he's like in it that entire season. He's great. Oh, really? Yeah. That might have been the last thing I saw him do. Yeah. Hmm. I'll check that out. The um, Iron Fist is coming up. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. And the internet's like all pissed because they're like, well, not everyone, but I see people mad because they're, they're even texting the guy who plays Iron Fist uh, or there was, there was uh, tweeting him about how uh, they're whitewashing Iron Fist because he's not Asian. <laughs> That's so but lame. He's not Asian in the comic either. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> only one of those things like if, you know, during the casting call, if the you know thousands of people that they they brought in to try out for that part, 
if one of them was the best at it and happened to be Asian, they probably would have went with that person. Yeah, but I mean, like, the character isn't Asian, and so, I don't know. And there's a bunch of Asian people in it, you know, plays other characters. And in a way, I think, like, if you just made, like, the kung fu fighting guy Asian, like, in a way, that's, like, that's a stereotype. It's like, oh, of course, you know, the guy who who does kung fu or whatever, he's the, you know, Japanese or Chinese or, what you know, whatever. But, I don't know, it seemed a very silly thing to, to get mad about. And people get testy about anything, I think. Yeah. It says he will not have the suit in the in the show. Oh, he won't do the green suit? That's okay. Because uh-huh. yeah, he's got the tattoo anyway. Right. He's got the big dragon tattoo on his, on his sternum, which is mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, so far I've been so happy with the, uh, with the Netflix superheroes, so I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. And then they'll loop them all together, and I'm, I think that'll be mad cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. it's funny because I think uh, in the comic book, you know, when they want to talk about stereotypes or this or that, I think actually uh, they might have been the first interracial couple in the comic books was him and Misty Knight. Hmm. Yeah, I've not seen that. She, she makes the scene in... Um, in Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And that was his squeeze in uh, in the comic book. Oh, I see. That was Iron Fist's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. So uh, it says here that they found they uh, they have the whole total cast for the Inhumans, the new Marvel movie. No way. Uh, Crystal will be played by Isabel Cornish. I don't know who that is. No, me either. Uh, the Gorgon played by Ernie uh, Ikwakor. My man. Uh, Triton will be Mike Moe. <laughs> You're just making these names up. <laughs> uh, Oron will be Son- Sonia Balmores. Balmores? I don't know. Um, Ellen... Well, it's not been announced yet. How about Black Bolt? It doesn't list Black Bolt. I'm waiting for the biggies. I'm waiting for Medusa and Black Bolt. Are they even in it? I don't know. They should be if it's the Inhumans. Yeah. You didn't mention Karnak or the two of them. As, lo- as long as it's got um, uh, Lockjaw, I'll be a happy guy. It says Lockjaw will be a CGI character. Okay. I think he probably has to be. Mm -hmm. Does he speak? No. No. He just teleports. He's got the cool uh, tune and fork on his head. Do you think they'll hire like like a big actor and pay him $20 million to bark? Vin Diesel's going to be. Yeah. It's like, man, that's a great bark by Vin Diesel. See, that's my only beef, and I have nothing against Vin Diesel. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in The Guardians 2, he's the highest paid actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I can see, like, in the first one, because, you you know, he does have the name value, but he repeats the same thing over and over again. And, you know, that's fine. You know, he emotes differently. and mm-hmm. uh, But this one, he's baby group. Mm-hmm. 
And so they have his voice digitized anyway, because he sounds like a chipmunk. You know, he's like, I am Groot. <laughs> and so I, you, you can't tell me Vin Diesel's putting, you know, a really big spin on this. Like, it could literally be anyone mm-hmm. that they synthesize their voice to be Baby Groot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I just don't really understand that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, on IMDb, they list more people, though. Uh, I have not heard of any of the people. But Karnak is Ken Loong, Triton. I said that one already. Black Bolt yeah. is Anson Mount. Hmm. And Medusa is Sarinda Swan. So this is a show, not a movie. Oh, it's a show? Yes, yeah, it says eight episodes. Oh, wow. Is it a Netflix thing, or is it going to be like on... I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't say here. Hmm. Well, because it's going to be it's going to be a different spin on the Inhumans because in the Agents of Shield on TV, they've uh, what basically happened was uh, the Kree came to Earth like thousands of years ago, and they wanted to make like organic weapons, so they took some primitive people and messed with them. They like you know made them like living weapons. Mm-hmm. And so then they found out, though, that they could be really dangerous. And then they were like, whoa, maybe we should stop this experiment because this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And so they killed them all, or so they thought. Mm-hmm. But they still had like a little, I forget how they 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 explained it in the TV show. But um, people that have heritage that links back to like the Inhumans, their powers are dormant and then there's this stuff that can like release their powers Mm -hmm. and so like the people that become inhumans and become like super powered most of them don't know that they are and then like if they get this junk then you know suddenly they they transform into an inhuman Mm -hmm. and so like it's going to be a little different than the comic book Mm mm-hmm but it's it's kind of a cool like setup for it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking for it. It says it's gonna be on ABC actually. And it's oh, okay. uh, the first two episodes episodes will be on IMAX in the theater in the summer oh, wow. of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I mean it'd be kinda neat. That'd probably yeah. be worth checking out anyway. Yeah. It says it's eight episodes. Seems like a short series for ABC. Yeah. I wonder anyway, if they'll put that on once uh, Agents of Shield like goes off for of the year or something. Mm, yeah, that's possible. Because they did that with Agent Carter that nobody watched. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, we lost Seth, um, but he. Uh, I want to thank him for coming on the show. Absolutely, always fun talking with Seth. Yeah, our newest <laughs> member here. Sit without your head, world. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I want to mention uh, coming up March 26th of the 27th, the end of this uh, month, uh, Mad Monster returns to Charlotte. Cool. Uh, I don't think we'll, we, we won't be there, but there's a hell of a lineup because Sky Alabar and, the, and Michael St. Michaels will be there from the Greasy Strangler. Uh, oh, Mark, awesome. Yeah. Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. We love us, uh, Mark. Yeah. Rick Flair will be there. Awesome. Um, 
Yes. Uh, Haru Nakajima will be there, who played the original Godzilla. Oh, too cool. Uh, Pat Priest from the Munsters will be there. That's pretty oh, sweet. Wow. You know, that's the uh, sister there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our cousin, I believe. Mark Torgel from uh, the Toxic Avenger. Oh, very nice. Of course, Tom Savini. Cool. Uh, also, Butch Patrick of the Munsters. Nice. Judith O'Day and John Russo of Night of Living Dead. Cool. Lynn Lowry from the Crazies and Cat People. Oh, wow. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Sid Haig. Sid's always good. Yeah. Kane Hodder. Kane's always good at this. Yeah. Bill Mosley. Nice. Caroline Williams. Awesome. Mark Steger of uh, Stranger Things, who uh, was just on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Billy D. Williams from The Empire Strikes Back. No way. Yep. Wow. Linda Miller from King Kong Escapes. Hmm. I think that's the first one I don't know, Neil. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's like a Japanese King Kong. By the oh, okay. Ben Furia from the Ultraman, old Ultraman movies. Wow, so I have Godzilla and Ultraman there. Yeah. Uh, Bill Johnson, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And uh, Felissa Rose from uh, Sleepaway Camp. Nice. Oh, she'd be a blast, I think. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty awesome lineup. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So uh, anything else there, Mr. Jones? Um, I'm sure we're forgetting something, but I, nothing that really pops into my head. Yeah. Just that Kong comes out uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange came out on Tuesday. So... Mm-hmm. You didn't get Doctor Strange, grab your copy. It was my yeah. favorite movie last year. Mm-hmm. By the way, King Kong's Escape is uh, it's King Kong battling like a mecha King Kong. All right, I think I've seen that one, but not hey. for many, many moons. Does not look t- too good. No, I'm sure it isn't. Uh, it, looks, it looks comical. Does like the robot Kong have like a little light bulb on top of his head yes. or something? Yeah, yeah, it's like shooting a laser. You always need that, like their Mecha Godzilla and stuff. Like, yeah, just in case you couldn't tell that by the fact it was silver, they got to uh, stick like a light bulb on its head. Yeah, so, you, you know. also got like light bulb eyes too. It looks like good, 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 good. Yeah, that's. Oh, bad. and if if anybody, um, I guess a one little side note, if you haven't checked out this season's face off on uh, on Sci Fi, it's like the um, face off all stars. And so mm-hmm. it's all returning uh, people that finished, you know, pretty well in the previous seasons. And the, the stuff they've been doing is just unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they've been doing things like that. You'll watch movies that the, the makeup effects don't look as good as the stuff these guys do in like three days. It's just, it's unreal. It really is. Wow. Very cool. All right. So uh, I had a good time here. And actually, Jason, yeah, Jason Mitten wants to know, what's the greasiest thing you've ever done? Ooh. Um, hmm. Do you have what a Bob for donuts? I have not Bob for donuts. All right. That'd probably be pretty greasy. How about like a big water slide that's just filled with grease? Ooh. 
All right, but these are dream things. I don't think we've ever really done them. <laughs> yes, I've done that. <laughs> I went down to the water park and I and I replaced all the water with grease. <laughs> I think the greasiest thing, like it wasn't a good greasy thing, but um, at the wing school one time, uh, the grease traps in the in the cafeteria they got backed up and started to overflow, and it just this bubbling, rancid smelling like grease just started to bubble out of the floor. And it was, it might've been the foulest thing I've ever smelled. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound like a good time. Oh, no, it was just so great. It looked like there was actually like a creature trying to get out of like the, the, the pipes. It was just, uh, oh, it, it had like a life of its own. It was like the blob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, there you go. I think Troy takes the takes it here with the. I, I got the grease on that one. He's the greasiest man <laughs> without your head in history. <laughs> the greasiest lunch in school history. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I had a great time. Uh, thanks, uh, uh, the uh, semen demon Seth Heist <laughs> in here, and uh, thank terrible Troy here. Oh, thank you, Nasty Neil, and thanks for getting up all these videos. I've been trying to catch up with them and uh, look forward to more. Very cool. So uh, subscribe to Without Your Head on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on the Google Play Store. Follow us on the Twitter at Without Your Head. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Without Your Head Horror. If you're going to buy from uh, Amazon, Go to withoutyourhead.com slash Amazon, and uh, it will get a little bit back, and it will help out the show. And uh, also check out withoutyourhead.com slash store and get all your cool tees. And if you send in a picture wearing one of the T-shirts, I will send you a matching button. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'll tell you, look cool in those shirts because, like, I just saw the nasty one in his shirt, and it looked Mm -hmm. totally cool. Yeah. Very happy, yeah. And a big uh, shout-out to Dustin, Dustin Nance. He's a good man, a long-time listener and supporter of the show, and uh, he's getting the shout-out of the week, Dustin Nance. Awesome. All right, now we laugh. (laughs) 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 (laughs)